that or it could mean that when Jesus went out of the house that somebody brought him. But the point is, is, is that somebody brought this dumb, this, un, this person who was unable to speak, uh, it says they brought a dumb man possessed with the, with devil. the devil. Here we go again. Listen, I, I truly believe in this series. Go back and test it out. Listen to the other four sermons. But I think we've talked more about sickness being caused by demons and demon possession than we've talked about sickness being caused by just sickness. Now, that, that, that kind of rocked the medical world if the medical world got a hold of that. You know, oh well, hold on. Am I hold on? Am I dealing with a demon, or, if I, or am I dealing with an actual sickness? How much you know? If we could get the medical world, and I'm not, we've got good doctors. I, I've had good Christian doctors that'll that'll deal with the spiritual side of things. We've got one in the house that does. And it's wonderful. But how much you know? It, as a whole, if the medical world as a whole would address uh, sickness from both the spirit and the natural, we'd have much greater success in our nation. Amen. Much greater success in our nation. <clears throat> All right. So verse 33. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. And the, multitude, and the multitudes marveled, saying, it was never so seen in Israel. So now we know, now we know there's a multitude. So now we know that Jesus left the house because there was a multitude. So he dealt with the blind people at some point later. So this didn't happen immediately. At some point later, Jesus left the house, and he was traveling, and, the, and, and there was a multitude of people, and within the multitude they brought the demon-possessed man that was dumb. And Jesus cast the demon out, and then all of a sudden, this man who was catatonic or mute, you know, as we would say, unable to speak, all of a sudden is speaking. Uh, it caused the people to marvel. The multitude, which multitude means hundreds or thousands of people. You want to go to the next? Yep, let's keep going. Oh, that's not what I meant, but okay. Uh, well, yeah, I want to read this, and then we'll, I know where you're going. Right. But the Pharisees said, he casteth out devils through the prince of devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So, so what did Jesus do? He, well, first of all, what did the Pharisees say? <laughs> they said, right. "Yeah, they said they said uh, Jesus is in fellowship with Satan, and he's casting out he's casting out Satan's servants by the power of Satan." Yeah, basically he's in league with the devil, and, and that's why he's got power over them. Now let's think about how stupid their thinking is. Let's just think about this for a minute. Let's just analyze this. So Satan sends a demon to put sickness on Jackie. And then Satan looks at Jesus and says, Go get, her, go get, go that, get that demon that, back. Go get that demon that I put on her and, get, and, and cast that demon out. Why? I you just I mean if if I was if I was, if Satan looked at me like I watched Satan send a demon and put sickness on her and then Satan looked at me and said now I want you to go cast my demon out. I would look at Satan and go are you stupid? If you didn't want her to have it what'd you send it in the first place for? See that just doesn't make sense. You want me to go undo the work that you just did? Like that's just messed up thinking. It just yeah. does. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it just, 
Amen to that. Whew, you're messing a few, you, you know, you're messing a few light bulbs in that box, or you got a few crowns missing, you know, in, in your coloring box. Uh, it's like, hello, pay attention. Now, I want you to pay, we're going to go look at, because we're, we're going scripture by scripture. Um, but, so I want you to remember that, that he just dealt with the two blind men. He just dealt with the dumb man. And then the Pharisee, and, and then Matthew records that he said he cast these devils out. Keep that in mind. That's going to be real important to help us see where the scriptures mash up. But then in verse 35, it says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages. So where was he going? Everywhere. He was going to cities and villages, and they did everything by foot. So how much do you know it took time? Yes. So this is, this is over a period of time. And so there's multiple things happening. That's why I said this is over a period of months. This could even be over a period of one year of his ministry. That he, was, that he went about all the cities and all the villages, and what was he doing? His, his, first, before he was healing, he was teaching, teaching in the synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Yep. So he's, so he's going into the synagogues. He's going to the Jews in, in their churches, and he's preaching to them, and he's teaching them. Not only is he preached, so here's the deal. Uh, in order to receive divine healing, you've got to first be taught. Yes. You've got to first well, hear the preaching faith. of the gospel. If you can't have faith if you don't know what to have faith in. That's right. So every single time, every single time, and we just saw this, even with the blind men, we just saw that Jesus did some teaching with them, some one-on-one -on -one teaching, so to speak, um, and testing to see if they had the faith. So every single time that, the, that healing takes place in the New Testament, there's been some teaching and some preaching done ahead of it. I have never gone, and I don't believe that I ever will, I mean, unless God says to do something supernaturally, I've never gone and laid hands on somebody for healing and not taking at least a few minutes to teach them or to preach them and encourage them and build their faith it, up. It, it could happen, though, if they got their teaching somewhere else and then you came along and were just right. the conduit. Right, but I'm going to verify that they've been taught like Jesus did with the blind men. Right. Now you, I'm going to verify ask, some you'd things. You'd ask, do you believe that right. I'm able to do this? Right. And it says, it says, and healing how many sicknesses? Every. Only the ones he willed to? Nope, all of them. No. Every sickness and how many diseases? All of oh, them. What's the difference between a sickness and a disease? A sickness is a temporary condition that will eventually leave. A disease is a condition that will lead to death. So flu, for in some cases, the flu is deadly, but in some cases it's not. But how much you know when you got the flu, it's miserable. So sickness, uh, sickness can be a chronic condition. You know, we've got people that have chronic conditions but, but aren't necessarily a death sentence. Uh, fibromyalgia is one of them. Chronic pain, uh, different things like that. Uh, allergies, you know, these are, these are, you know, not necessarily sicknesses that are going to cause you to die, but they will cause you to be miserable for your lifetime. All right. Let's just finish this chapter, and then we'll go look at the other accounts because there's just four little verses yep. here. Okay. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he tells them, he says, Pray therefore that the Lord... Uh, 
Pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. You know, I never really fully understood this verse until just recently. <laughs> I really didn't. As a pastor, I mean, I saw it with the youth. I, I did see it when we were teaching youth for so many years. But I really see it as a pastor. Lord, we just don't have enough hours to teach the people what they need to hear. Lord, they're being devoured. They're having, like, like th this one's got this problem because they need, they need to be taught about this. And this one needs to be taught about that. And this one needs to be taught about this. And this one, there's just not enough hours in the day. And, and, and even if they were willing to sit and, and hear the teaching, I don't have the stamina to teach everything that needs to be taught in the time that's there. So I, so, so my heart as a pastor is, Father, put the desire in them to search out your word yourself, themselves. Put the desire in them to go after you. Because, because, Father, they're perishing because they're not getting fed to the level that they need to be fed. We just talked about, you know, you come to the church four or five days a week, and that's, that's spiritual starvation. If you depend only on the church, you are this, you're, you're starving, spiritually speaking. You know, and so, so Jesus is looking. Jesus is sitting in the temple. He's sitting in the synagogue, city after city, uh, uh, town after town, and he's looking at them. And he's moved with the compassion of the Father, and he's saying, Father, they don't have a shepherd. They're being led to the slaughter. Father, he's looking at them, and he's going, Father... I can't reach everybody. From a, from a human standpoint, I can't reach everybody. So he tells his followers, so he's telling his disciples, he said, man, he said, there's a lot of people out here that are hungry and in need of a shepherd. Because remember, the father can't do anything unless somebody asks him. So he told, so Jesus said, disciples, I need you to pray and ask the father to send more out than just me. Now, this is all real important. Um, and so this was one of the teachings that he did out of compassion. So we get a little glimpse of what he was teaching the people. Now, there's more here we need to get to that I don't know we will, but we got to go find an, a, a, a backup account. So let's go to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. And here in Mark chapter 3... We're going to pick up in verse 1. And it's going to look entirely different in the beginning. But as we go through these, and you might have to do this week and next week to get the fullness of it, but we're going to get as far as we can. So let's read here in um, Mark chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read till mm, somewhere around verse 10. And he entered in again into the synagogue. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, uh, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day. Who was watching him? The Pharisees. Those in the synagogues. Yep. In Remember, the synagogue. we just read that Jesus was teaching, and that he was going town to town, city to city, and he's teaching in the synagogues. Well, this is one of the times that he's in one of the synagogues. Now, Mark does. Uh, Matthew didn't record that where we were reading. Mark, uh, Matthew does record does record it, but later on. Um, but but we know that he that he was going around 
uh, teaching in the synagogues, and this is what occurred in one of those teachings. So they were watching whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day. They were watching him, the Pharisees were watching him, that they might accuse him. How much you know people come to the church looking? I was one. I was one. I came to the church to prove that, that, that my mother was in a cult. I came looking to accuse. And the pastor was wrong. That the pastor was wrong. How much you know people do that today? Well, that's not divine healing. That's a cheat and a scam. They were looking. Guess what? I did the same thing, but I was smart. But God was smart enough to hold on to my heart till I stayed and, and kept me in the creek long enough till I fell in and figured out that I was wrong and He was right. Praise mm -hmm. God. And He saith unto the man which which had the withered hand, "Stand forth," meaning, "Come on out here. Come on, come, come to me." <laughs> Stand in front of all the religious naysayers. Yep. Make yeah. sure they all make sure they all get a good view of this sight. How much do you know? That man was feeling intimidated. Yep. And he <laughs> saith unto them, Is it lawful to, and unto them, he's talking to the Pharisees again, he says, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. See, they, 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 had, enough, they had enough knowledge to know, no matter how we answer that, it, it, they're going to be wrong. They're going to be wrong. Well, if we say, well, it, 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 it's the Sabbath, so you should do bad. Oh, you mean you're going you're, you're, you're to do bad on God's day? Or if you say, it's the Sabbath, you shouldn't do anything, so you're going to let people die on the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day. day. Or are you going to say, well, uh, well, it's, it's the Sabbath, but, you know, they need to be healed, so we should heal them, but then we're breaking the law <laughs> because you're working. You know, this... So, so Jesus, you know, they liked to put Jesus in a catch-22 all the time. And, and through the wisdom of God, Jesus said, here's your turn to have the catch-22. And notice when they gave him the catch when Jesus gave out the catch-22, they had enough sense to keep their mouth shut. They didn't like it, but they kept their mouth shut. Keep going. All right. And when he had looked round about on them, looking around at all, the, all of his accusers, <clears throat> With anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he sa saith unto the man, the one with the withered hand, he says, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Glory he to had, God. He, again, he had to do that action. He had Because he, he could have just said, well, Lord, I can't stretch forth my hand. What he are you talking about? I can't do that. Yeah, he could have when Jesus said, come stand in front of all the Pharisees. He could have said, and I've had that happen. I've had the anointing of God. I've had the power of God on me to, to, to I mean, God has said they're bound up in this situation. Get them up there, lay hands on them, and I'm going to break the bondage. And I'll say, come up for prayer. And they'll say, no. No. And I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, I'm not coming up there. Well, I, I, I like remember a couple that did that a few years back I, I, they said I like <laughs> essentially what they were saying is I like my bondage and I'll keep it please this is my this is what I want he, that man could have done that but that man laid down his fear and his uncomfortableness because of the the Pharisees staring down at him and he he would see that took faith that took faith to get up in the midst of that crowd and trust that Jesus was going to not make a mockery of him. That took faith. And so he stood up, and now he's standing up. Now, now, now he's down to the wire. 
Here I am, Jesus, I'm standing here. But do I have the faith to reach forth my hand? And he did. So it's a faith action. Let's keep going. I remembered something, but we ain't got time, so I'm going right? on. <laughs> we'll have to throw that in next week. And he stretched it out. And his other hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians, Herod's people. Well, the, the Herodians, who the Herodians were, these were Jewish believers. These were Jews, but they followed Herod. So these were Jews, but they followed the rule of Herod. So they went to their pagan, they went to their Gentile king and said, uh, this, this person's over here causing problems in our, in our synagogue. So they, they took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from J Jerusalem, and from Ju uh, Idumea. Yep, Idumea. Uh, Idumea, that's right. And from beyond Jordan. And they about Tyre and Sidon. A great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. Now, now they just listed, I don't know, five or six towns or cities a few. that Jesus was going. Remember, in, in Matthew's account, it said he was going from city to city. He was going from place and to place. And these are probably the cities he was going to. So these are the places he was going to. So we can clearly see that the, the accounts that we're now reviewing were over a period of months, if not a year or more. Yeah, uh, I'll have to answer that later because it just left my head. But let's keep going. <laughs> All right. When they had yes. heard what great things Matthew he, was a tax collector. Yeah, Matthew was a yeah. tax collector. I we'll we'll Anyways, come back to you. We'll figure it out. When they had heard what great things he did came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many insomuch that they pressed up upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues. So Jesus said, listen, he said, we've got so many people following us and they're all touching me and it's distracting from the teaching time. I need some space between me and them where I can teach them. So give me a small boat. I'll push it out in the water a little bit. They'll stay on the shore and I can teach them. And the reason that this was happening is because they were all, for everybody that was sick was wanting to touch him, was wanting to touch him. And many of them, it was a touch of curiosity. But let's keep going. All right. I said we would stop at 10, but we actually got to get Apparently quite a ways not. farther. <laughs> and unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. Now check that out. There were, this is, <laughs> he said, um, that the unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him. That wasn't, that wasn't just a, a ghost would come up to Jesus and go, oh, bump into Jesus, bam, fall down. No, these were people that had demons living on the inside of them, oppressing them and possessing them. And Jesus had such power and such anointing on him that when they got near that anointing, when they got near the presence of God, they couldn't help but fall down. Um, uh, Smith Wigglesworth and Dad Hagen and many of the fathers of old, and even Brother Randy has talked about. He talked about how when he was in the prison, when in his days of, when he was really under that heavy anointing, that he would walk through the prison and people that were demon oppressed and people that were demon possessed would just fall 
would just fall as he walked by. You know, because, because they recognized that anointing. And even after he got out into the free will, he, <laughs> it happened to him multiple times because he had such a strong anointing on him. He'd go into the store or be in a hotel or something, and all of a sudden somebody would just fall like a sack of potatoes. Like, it, it, and there would be all this commotion. Oh, my God, they fell. And the reason they're falling is because a demon can't, the demon that's in them can't stand. But Randy's like, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm making a scene. I got to go. Like, but this is the same, the same power that Jesus had there we're supposed to have on us today. But the only way we're going to get there is by having spiritual feasting, getting spiritually fat, as my, Pastor Mike said earlier in the sermon. Um, but, but that's how much healing was taking, that's how much healing was taking effect. And let me tell you something, a large percentage of our problems in our country today, a great many of people, including Christians are demon, uh, oppressed, which means there's demons. Yes, their spirit is born again. Their spirit is alive onto God. Absolutely. But they have surrendered to Satan so much that demons have moved into their physical bodies and are now controlling them into and on. Into, yes, and on, and, and have attached themselves on, and and uh, it, and they need to come in. They need to come in contact with the power of God. That's part of what's going to happen in this last day, end time move of God. Is we've got to get to a place where that anointing is so strong that when you walk in a store and you run into somebody that's demon oppressed, bam, they're going to fall on their feet, fall in their face, and you're going to say, "Come out in Jesus' name," and they're going to come out. How much you know that's going to fill the house? So these unclean spirits that fell down, they, they were on or in people yep. and, and caused those people to fall down uh, when they saw him. Yep. And they cried out to that, hey, thou art the son of God. And he straight, now, now did, he, did he cast them all out? No, the Bible doesn't say he did. Because, hey, you know, if somebody wants a demon in them or they're not, they're, or, or they're not. If they, if they want the demon to stay. Or, or they're not willing to let go of whatever caused the demon to, to come into them, to let right. go of their sin, then he can't cast them out. Yep. So, and he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. And he told the demons, stop, making, stop telling everybody who I am. He told the demons, stop telling everybody. Keep going. And he goeth up unto a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach. Now we didn't see we did, we stopped short of seeing this in Matthew, but but we did see where in Matthew Jesus told them pray for the laborers, pray for the laborers. But let's keep we're going to kind of keep we're gonna, we're not I'm not going to comment a whole lot here, but we see where he sends out the twelve because uh, we're going to go back and review that later. But I want I'm trying to get to a place. Let's go. Okay. And to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. We're going to come so, back so, and review so that. So he anointed them to, to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. And Simon he surnamed Peter. And James the son of Zebedee. And John the brother of James. And he surnamed them uh, Boangris. Boangris. Uh, <laughs> Bo Boangris. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which, which is the sons of thunder. And uh, Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him. And they went into a house. 
See, look at that. Judas Iscariot was sent out, but later betrayed him. There's ministers out there that set out to minister well, and they end up betraying Christ. It's where your false Jesus has come into play. But let's keep going. It's another sermon for another day. And the multitude cometh together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, he is beside himself. He's was, losing his mind. There's so many people following Jesus. And it's causing such a commotion that they get word that the Pharisees are going to come take Jesus. And, and Jesus' friends and, friends and even possibly his family said, Jesus has lost his mind. We've got to go get a hold of him. They, even his very friends think that Jesus has lost his mind. You know, I, I, even his friends think he's absolutely lost his mind. Let's keep reading. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub. Like Miss Kathy just said, the scribes were supposed to be recording the miracles of God. And instead of saying, oh my God, this is God, they should be able to recognize God. And instead of recognizing God, they said, what? They said, they said he has Beelzebub in him. Yep. He's and, got the devil in him. And by the prince of the devils casteth he out devil, and he walked them unto, or, and he called them unto him, and said unto them in parables. Okay, let's stop right there. So you can see. So we read all of that to see that in Matthew they got to the point where they said he's casting out devils by the by the devil. Here he's casting out devils by the devil. So you can see that we're in the same accounts. They're just in a little bit of a different order. They say it a little bit differently, but what's happening is the same. So it wasn't that Jesus had been, had been uh, accused of casting out demons by the demons multiple times. This was one occurrence. This is one occurrence. But again, their focus wasn't, oh my God, he's healing. Again, it was how many demons were being cast out and causing people to be healed. So as we're going through this, again, I just can't get across it enough that a lot of times sickness is caused by demons in somebody's life. And the only way you're going to get the demons out of your life is to take control of your life and to begin to uh, submit your life to Christ. You can plainly see in what we just read that the demons were falling at Jesus' feet. So the, the, the demons have no power in the presence of Jesus. So one way to get divine healing is simply to get in the presence of God. Just simply get in his presence. Just simply get into the word. Just simply spend time praying and fellowshipping with him. Spend, more, spend time with Jesus instead of spending time with the devils and the demons. The book of James says that if you will submit yourself to God, and resist Satan, Satan will flee from you. And that word flee indicates as though the demon will run from you as in terror. So just getting in the presence of God, just getting in the presence of Jesus can bring healing. That's another way to bring healing. So rather you're in the house, rather you're uh, online or wherever you're at, you, we don't have to lay hands on you. We don't have to pray over you. We don't have to give a word from heaven. Although that helps give confirmation and helps secure your faith, and it's good to have it when you need it, but if you'll just get in the presence of God, if you'll just get in the prayer closet, if you'll just sit down with the word and begin to receive the word, then addictions will be broken. Sicknesses will be cured. 
just ailments, situations, stresses, fears, anxieties, worries. When you get into the word and find out what God has to say on the subject and you submit yourself to those things, then the demons will begin to flee from you another way to get healing so so we've learned a lot tonight about different ways to receive healing and we didn't even get to um luke's account of this nope uh but In we will next chapter week chapter 11 uh we will next week and we'll look at uh, and i'm sure we'll look at matthew's account um of of the man with the withered hand um i don't know if we'll get to it or not but hopefully i'm hoping to get to where we can talk about uh next week look into um where he sent out the disciples. Because Jesus wasn't the only one that did healing in the Gospels. The disciples did. And not just the 12 either. No. Uh, he sent out the 12 and then later he sent out 70. Uh, so, uh, and we'll talk about that. But praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house. It's good to hear the healing power of God. Um, if you've got a, a tithe or an offering you want to sow, I left mine in the back again. i got to quit doing that on Sunday nights. You're just collecting stuff up here, aren't you? <laughs> i got to quit doing that on Sunday nights. So we'll put ours in in the back. And, um, and if Zach will serve the people, you want to pray over that? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we thank, you for, uh, we thank you for giving us this word tonight. We thank you for helping us to build our faith and to feed our spirits. Lord, we, we, we've learned that we need to feed our spirits more than just in church, and we're going to do that. Lord, we, we love you so much, and, and we're, we know that we're supposed to meditate on your word and read your word every day, and, and not just every day, but day and night, and we're going to do that, Lord, because we love you, and we want to see, uh, see more of you. We want to know more of you. We want to draw closer to you. We want to become like you, Lord. That's why we're disciples. That's why we're Christians. Lord, just help us to do that and help us to stand fast in that. That, that we don't lay that to the side and we don't let the, 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 the problems of this world get in the way of doing what we set out to do. Lord, thank you for helping us, Lord. And Lord, we just we want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. And thus we give unto your kingdom so that your work can be done. Because it, it costs money to do things in this earth and we know that. And you make us well able to earn that money. And you make us able to have that money. And Lord, we just thank you for those blessings. So we give unto your kingdom with a grateful heart. Bless, press down, shaking together and running over. All the way, more than we could ever ask, hope or thank. We know that you will bless us back. Thank you, Father. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty yes, name. Yes, Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, you may serve the people. Like I said, mine's in the back. Oh, yes. Father, I thank you that when I put my offering in, it'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you.